heading towards the end of this series called Promoted by God. Say Promoted by God. And I won't take a lot of time as far as you know, but we'll get to what I need to get to today. Um, it, but I want you to think about this word today. Say picture. Picture. And I'll say this. Say picture the best. So this series is here to uncover the, the factors for kingdom promotion because I really think that all of us in our hearts, we want to move forward. We don't want to be stuck in life. But I think what we know is that there are times when all of us have gotten stuck, haven't we? Stuck in the ruts. Um, we don't even know why we're there. And so I'm hoping that these things are, are, are make it easier for us to uncover the things that might, uh, that not only get us stuck, but also what God has for us in the future. It's so important for us to picture the future that God has for us. Amen? Don't get too excited. I'll try to get you excited by the end of the day. Um, but, but really, we need to find out how we can partner with God to advance. Because everything significant in this life, anything powerful and long-lasting comes through the kingdom. So in essence, we're building our spiritual resume. We're, we're trying to find out what God, what God wants in our hearts because whatever is on our hearts is, is what's gonna be the determining factors of, of where we're gonna go in life. We're here to influence and impact people, to help people. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? You know, I don't know if you knew this, but it's not about stuff. We make it about stuff. But it's not about stuff, it's about this. It's about lives changed, saving people. There's only two things that we take with us to heaven, and that is our investment in God and our investments in people. That's it. Again, you've heard it before. You do not see, you do not see a, a, a U-Haul in the end of, a, a, end of a hearse. You don't. I mean, nothing goes to heaven except for your investments in God and your investments in people. Think about that for a moment. Our goal in life is to, is to move forward making a difference in other people's lives, helping them. True? Bible says, wise is the person who saves souls. Think about that. So we've been talking about the story of David and Goliath. I think all of us have heard David and Goliath. A young kid, a teenager, about 14 years old, is called to the battlefield, and he has to face a guy that's about nine feet tall. But this was a huge obstacle, but it was actually the opportunity for David to be promoted. It was his opportunity. And so many times in life, when Goliath shows up in our, in our lives, we don't realize that this moment is an opportunity for promotion. This problem is actually an opportunity for promotion. Because what happens is when the problem comes, we can easily become paralyzed and think, oh, or we can run. How many have been there? I've been there before. Now, Goliath could be fear, it could be worry, it could be shame, whatever it is. But, but, but whenever Goliath shows up, we have, we have two things we can do. We can we can run away or we can run at Goliath. And I want to show you today that it's very important that we run towards that problem or obstacle instead of allowing it to get us stuck or run the other way. Because what was happening was David shows up on the battlefield and the armies of Israel were paralyzed. And by the way, they were fleeing when, when Goliath showed up. He'd come in the morning and he would say this or that and they'd be like, ah, and run away. You ever felt that way? You wake up in the morning and there's this blaring voice trying to get you to worry or be anxious or be fearful. Am I the only one? Yes, I think we've all been there. So I think I'm speaking to the choir here. But David overcame Goliath 
And I believe the, one of the biggest reasons he did because he had a right picture. Say right picture. I'm going to show you the picture he had. It was pretty sweet. He had a right picture of who God was and who he was. He had fresh eyes and he had future eyes. And he sees this picture in his mind just before he takes Goliath down. And here's how I know in 1 Samuel 17, look at what David says as he's approaching Goliath. First of all, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy faced boy. Now I wanna show you something here a moment. Goliath had a, a shield bearer. Goliath had like, do you think Goliath would have needed a shield bear, nine feet tall? But I, I, wanna, I wanna tell you that the enemy, okay, are, are the devil, right? When he realizes the power that lives in us, he'll probably have nine shield bears in front of him. But he, but he makes us think that he's the one in charge. So really, in this, we're seeing this, in this picture here, right here, that, that David, that Goliath was a little scared. Come on. He was actually a little scared. He needed some help. So why do you know that up front? But look at this. So he's sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. That's what Goliath did. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. David replied. Now here's what I want to tell you. Many times when Goliath shows up, we don't do anything. We think the wrong way, we get the wrong picture, and we don't even reply. Let me just say something right now. One of the most important things that you and I can do when Goliath shows up in life is simply reply. Don't just stand back, don't tolerate it, because once you tolerate something, you'll actually begin to celebrate it. It's weird. We live, you know, we, we live with something for so long. One guy said, you know, your, what did he say? A friend said, um, uh, you've, been, you've been spooning with Goliath. <laughs> for, you've just been hugging him, you know, hanging out with him for so long that he becomes a part of your life, right? That's not the life God wants us to live. So he replied to the Philistine, you come to me, here we go. Here's a picture. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. Look at this, 14-year-old kid. Today, here's the picture. Today, it hadn't happened yet. Today, the Lord will conquer you and will kill you and cut off your head, and then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Woo! This little kid had a picture in his brain, and he was speaking something that hadn't happened yet. He was looking into the future. And I love it. Emily just reminded me that, that the Bible says that David had beautiful eyes. And that word beautiful eyes means he just saw, he was optimistic. He, was, he could see the future in a sense. He was, he was filled with faith. He didn't, his eyes weren't like all messed up looking at other things. He had one image in his brain and that was almighty God. Amen? Showing you something here. 
giving you a picture of what we need to do when Goliath shows up. But what a picture. The Lord of heaven's armies, plural. Sometimes when we get into a battle, we, we don't think, we think there's maybe one little tiny little angel here that can't even do much. Or nothing is there. Come on, I've been there, right? And then when we think nobody's there for us, we try to do it on our own. But I'll tell you something right now. You have the Lord of heaven's armies. Say armies. That's a lot. Trying to get you to think and picture a different way. But not only that, he says, the God of the armies of Israel. In other words, God is over the armies on this earth. And then he says, also the God of Israel. He's my God. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us, Goliath. And that painted a picture for everyone listening. I, let me just say this for a moment. It is so important that we do what, what was happening here. Like, we give our testimony. It's so important that we tell people, you know what? Hey, God did this in my life. And when you do it, it sends a message to everyone around you. You know what else can send a message? Negativity can send a message, by the way, right? It can. Like, either way, like, you can give a testimony. You can give something to God, and everyone can hear it. And it can inspire Many people. You guys hearing that? And so he's painting a picture, not just for himself, he's painting a picture for everyone to hear. Come on. Everyone to hear. You have a testimony. You have something good and powerful and positive to say about the future. This picture was already in the mind of David. Don't you want to know how it got there? I'll, I'll show you how it got there in a moment. I've said this before, but you may have grown up in an environment where there was a negativity. You, your expectations may have been squashed, where that anxiety ruled. And what we know in we, when I say, when you study the medical community, what they know about the brain that from zero to seven, from zero to seven is what will determine a person's life, pretty much. 99.9%, 99.9% of what a person learns from zero to seven determines the rest of their life. Now, if it's a negative thing, just know this, you can be reprogrammed. Like, there's some really good things that we learned when we were a kid, right? Come on. But there may be some things that have to be reprogrammed. There may be some pictures in your life that need to be taken out, deleted. You can start reprogramming your brain today. That's why, I, listen, I think church is so powerful. I think when you sing and you, you start getting a glimpse of God, you start putting that picture in your brain. Worship's awesome. I can't wait to get into worship because I know that I can be lifted up. I can start getting my perspective in the right place, my brain, my mind in the right place. I love God's word. I, I, I just, I love to be around positive people because listen, they can inspire me and sharpen me. Because, you know, in this business, in life, you're gonna be around people that are struggling and you're gonna have to help them. But, if, but you, gotta, you gotta get your mind to get a picture of victory, not defeat. Worry, listen, worry automatically puts me in a position of defeat. 
worship begins to put me in a position of victory. Come on. My choice. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's, it's doable. So my, my picture growing up would be this. Uh, it would be a picture of poverty and uncertainty in my future. Maybe you grew up that way too. That's just, that's the way I thought. That, those are the pictures that I grew up there. It was a, some stressful situations. In other words, I was seeing the future without God. When I looked forward, I didn't have vision. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what there would be for me. So, so that's, that's how I grew up. So I needed God to show up and teach me how to change the picture in my head. So he did it by giving me one verse. My first verse, verse was Matthew 6.33. Have it memorized and know right where it's at because it meant so much to me. Because this verse, this verse replied to my Goliath. My Goliath was, Dan, you're not going to have enough. The future's not going to be good for you. You're going to struggle. You're going down. That was, that's how I thought because that's how I grew up. Okay, listen. So God said, but I, I got a reply for Goliath. And that is this. And by the way, I needed to, I needed to, do you know that Christianity is work? <laughs> you wouldn't just float on a cloud and, you know, look at these babies in the sky and playing, whatever, the harps. Christianity's work, my friends. It's like, so what I did is I put the work, I said, okay, here's a verse that I need. It's Matthew 6, Seek first, Dan, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you worry about, so many things you worry about, Dan, I'll just add to you. That's what he said. Well, I thought, well, that's a great verse. That right there would be my reply to my Goliath. And in time, that Goliath would go down. Oh, he tries to come back. Yeah, he tries to mess with me and tell me this and that. But listen, now I got a stone. Now I got a sword that says, no, my God is gonna take care of me. Because you know why? Because I see God. I'm not perfect, but he's first. He's first. And so I know that if I keep walking with him, I know that somehow, some way, he's gonna make a way and it's gonna turn out for my good and his glory. I just know that, right? I've been through it. That was my, had to be, that may not be your, your reply. Your reply may have to be something different in life. I don't know what it is for you, but you need to find a rock to throw at Goliath. You need to find a sword, which is a, a promise for you in your life to take Goliath down. What is your reply? Start convincing your brain right now in this moment to expect the best. Not the worst. Get rid of every negative thought now. Get rid of every worry now. Get rid of every fear now, every disappointment now. Every bit of bitterness now. And begin to paint a picture of good and God. Am I in church today? Don't delay, don't let negativity delay your destiny. Don't let the wrong picture 
and to your mind. So my question to all this is, who's in front of you today? Goliath or God? Goliath or God? Who's in front of you? Goliath or God? Fear or faith? Um, who's in front of you today? A mountain of trouble or a vast expanse of destiny? And I realize that in walking this out, I need the anointed one to break, to begin to break discouragement, disappointment, discontentment, I tell you. And I say it right here, Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass in that day, friends, that's today right now. Right now is that day. Say today's the day. Today's the day that I need the anointing of God. Today's the day that I need a supernatural miracle from God to break wrong thoughts and to begin to put the right picture in my brain. Today, not tomorrow, today, if you want it. In that day that this burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and this yoke off of your neck and this yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. We need someone more powerful than us. His name is Jesus to begin the process. If no one says amen, I go till three o'clock. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Listen, you are anointed. Right? Say I'm anointed. Right, you are. If you, you believe in Jesus, if Jesus is your Lord and say, listen, you're anointed. He's in you. And if you haven't, I'll give you a chance at the end of the service to have the anointed one in you that just takes care of a lot of stuff, all of it. Because you are the one that needs to start removing the mountain today. I say that in love but firmness. You I am the one today, if there's a Goliath in front of me, God's not asking somebody else to go. He's saying, Dan, you run now. You reply, Dan, right now in this moment. Today, take back your marriage. Today, get your joy back. Today, get your children back today if they're away from the Lord. We need a picture of the Messiah, the anointed one. We need to see him as he truly is. Do you know that God thinks and is a picture of you? That's, he thinks very highly of you. He calls you loved. He calls you powerful. He calls you more than a conqueror. If you hear that, then you will see that and you'll begin to act like that. That's what David did. He saw himself as someone completely different than anybody else. Nope, how dare you talk smack against my God, he was saying. How dare you talk smack against my God? He was so convinced. David was picturing something before it actually happened. This is so critical right here. David was picturing something before it actually happened. You know, uh, great athletes visualize the game before actually playing it in some way. They see themselves making the catch, shooting the game-winning shot, getting the hit. They are the most successful athletes. The, the picture, they picture success 
before it actually happens. Some people don't want it. I'll be honest with you right now. Some people would rather just lay with Goliath the rest of their life. It's sad. You shouldn't, you don't have to. God didn't give you that, that, he doesn't want you to do that. Today, I'm hoping today that you get up or someone gets you up and helps you to throw a stone at that Goliath. Take him down. Amen. I want you to leave this place knowing that you don't have to live that way anymore. Because when you get the right picture, listen, you'll begin to have purpose, direction, and hope. That's what David did. David knew where he was going. I'm going right for that Goliath. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw that stone right there. He's going to go down, chop his head off, undone, over. See, a picture can speak a thousand words. Matter of fact, a thousand words can paint a picture. Matter of fact, only a few words can paint a picture. I'll show you that in a moment, good or bad. But pictures can create emotions. See, whenever I'm feeling down, like yesterday, it was a rough day. Any Buckeyes here? God still loves you. But dear Lord, that was a tough day. Um, tough, tough day. But I had turkey to make me feel better. I ate turkey. But, but whenever I'm feeling bad, I try to pull this guy up. This guy makes me laugh over and over again. Seriously. I love this. Look at him. He makes me happy too. I love this guy. Like, I'm just like, I got to pull this guy out because I'm down. And he just makes me laugh. Look, it's so much fun. All he has is an iPhone, himself dancing around, loving life, no worries. That might be a... 21-year-old guy, for all I know, I don't know, no. <laughs> Anyways, you can put that up. But listen, that picture made you laugh, most of you. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Pictures are powerful, you guys. Pictures are extremely powerful. They'll, they'll, they'll cause emotions to come out. Listen, they can also make you sad and mad and angry as well. They can, they can also lead a person into temptation. This is what I, I wanna just take one moment here because I really feel led by the Holy Spirit to give this to you is that, listen, pictures can lead people into temptation. I am, we need to throw, we need to be so aggressive towards pornography this day. I'm telling you right now, listen, um, it is a multi-billion dollar business that uh, trafficking, sex trafficking is a result of pornography. Pornography is a picture. It's an image. And there's no condemnation here, I get it. It's an image. It's a picture. That when you put that picture in your brain for so long, the Bible says that that picture is the most destructive force to a body, a person's body. It is. When you allow that kind of picture in your mind, it does so much damage and destruction in a, in a life, in a marriage, in a family, in an organization. I'm telling you right now. There have been people that have been freed from that and they understand, they are so grateful. But, but I'll tell you something, is, read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 and you'll know the destruction of being led by a picture to something that will eventually be a downfall to someone. And I, 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 didn't, I, I say that in love because I am, I've just seen it so many times work in people's lives that that picture caused so much damage and destruction. I know it got quiet, but I need to say that because God has so 
much better for you and I. You don't have to give into those pictures. I know we're inundated with pictures and images, but you don't want those pictures in your brain. Get them out. You have the power to don't. You know that? We do. Like when God says don't do it, he's saying you got the power. My will is so powerful just to don't. Say I can don't. Say it, say I can don't. Turn your neighbor and say you can don't. Just don't. Words paint a picture, word for good, bad, or ugly. Look at this, look at how powerful this picture is. I gotta show you, this is, this is powerful. A guy named Elijah, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, great leader, man of God, did something incredible. He, he, he defeated uh, all these wicked prophets of Jezebel. And so he had an incredible day. You know, one of those days, like, where are you going? I'm going to Disney World. I mean, he's, he, it's such an amazing day. And all of a sudden, as he's walking away from this incredible moment of victory, Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah. And this is what's said. Look at this. It says, and, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. So Ahab, uh, the, the, her uh, husband, said, Jezebel, Elijah just uh, made a mess of our, of our, uh, of our life and how Elijah executed all the prophets of the, by the sword. Then, look at Jezebel sent a messenger, a lowly messenger speaking words, saying, look at this, so let the gods do to me, and more also, Elijah, if I don't make you, your life, Elijah, as the life of one of them prophets that you killed by that same time tomorrow, at this time. Look at, when he, what? Saw that. Not when he heard it, when he saw it. Those words painted a picture of negativity and worry and fear in his mind that he took in. And you know what happened? He arose and ran for his life. Look at the power of a picture, my friends. The power of a picture, what? Painted by what? Words. But God, come on, but God has been giving us positive, powerful pictures of who we are and who he is in the Bible for thousands of years, hoping, here we go, hoping that someone would believe them, right? Someone would believe them. Someone today would believe what I'm saying or speaking what the Bible says and walk out of this place saying, doggone it, I can't believe what I was thinking. I can't believe what, I was, what the pictures in my mind were saying changed it. I'm going to don't today. I'm going to take those negative pictures and I'm going to begin to remove them from, the, from my brain. So what I'm going to leave you with today is this picture of God's love because this is where we have to start. This is the foundation of who he is, is that we are just simply loved by God. Say, say I'm loved. Say, I'm loved again. Say it again. Now, when someone says that, one or two things happens. Well, you might say, I don't feel loved. I don't think I'm loved. That's one. One person says, I am loved. <laughs> I am loved, right? And you believe it because somehow you've gotten a picture of that love. But I think the person that says, not really sure, has different 
pictures in their mind. A picture of a bad circumstance, a picture of a God that was angry or lightning came down, and maybe a picture of a good God, but all those pictures are fighting each other. You need one picture, and that is God is love. God is love. See, I wanna show you a picture that was absolutely instrumental of me being here today. It was a picture that I saw. I grew up uh, with, with feeling God was a distant God because of zero to seven years old. I'm not blaming that, but because of the example I got, I didn't know if God was, he wasn't very stable. God would love me today, wouldn't love me tomorrow. I had to perform for God. If I, if I didn't do it just right, then God didn't love me. That's, that's what I thought of God. Many different weird pictures. Until I saw this picture, check this picture out. This picture was in my mom's bathroom. So my brother got saved first, my, my mom got saved second. And this picture was in my mom's bathroom. And that was her bathroom. Nobody really went in there. But I would sneak in there periodically, <laughs> way in the back of the house. And, um, and, I would, and, and she had this picture up there. And I looked at him like, what is that? At first I said, what is that? Like, what's, go what's going on there? This is before I knew the Lord. What's going on there? And I figured it out that that was Jesus. That's God. That's the Father and that's some dude who just needed a hug and he probably had a really rough life and, and, and God is, is embracing him right here. So what, listen, that picture, once I got it in my brain, I went back to it. I wasn't supposed to be in that bathroom. That's hers. But I went back to the bathroom to look at that picture because I needed it. And over time, I began to be convinced that God, this is God. Hey, you guys. That's God. Right there. That's God. I can't force you to believe that. That's God. That's the Lord. Just look at him. That's God. That's our Father right there. That's the foundation of who he is. Now, God has been trying to get that picture to us for thousands of years. Especially when Jesus showed up. And Jesus said, I've only got one goal, and that's to show you the Father. Show you the Father. That's my goal. That, my friends, is the Father. That picture, that picture right there, is our choice to begin to put in our brain. That's, that's my, my choice. And if you can get that picture in your brain, you will eventually, your heart will soften and be like, you know what? Maybe God is love. God does love me. My father loves me. You'll begin to say it and believe it. And next thing you know, like Dan, you'll begin to smile. He's smiling right there because he knows something. He knows something that some people, people don't know. He's like, yeah, I know God loves me. I know it. That's so important to get a hold of. That picture it's so important to get a hold of because, because that picture will change your life. But here's, here's the other thing. How can a world know that picture if we'd ever give it to them? This doesn't do it. Lightning's gonna strike you if you don't just get it just right. We give them mixed messages. Well, God loves you. Well, he wants to heal you. He doesn't want to heal you. I mean, come on, it's enough. Enough. God is love. God is love. Period. Get it, get it. Now, 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 
you, you have to start there because listen, I know this too. Listen, if I got to clean up my room at home, guys can come tell me to clean my room up, right? Hey, I love you, Dan, but your room's messy. That's correction. That's discipline. God, I understand that. But the foundation of God is love. Come on. Love. David had this picture when he went to the battlefield. This is so important. You can't go to battle until you know this. It's hard to win in battle. It's hard to take your Goliath down if you don't know this. But when you know this, watch out. How dare that nine-foot beast talk smack against my God? That, that's, that, that's what you'll say. Like, really? Now, I know what you're thinking. I wonder what that, maybe nothing. I wonder what that kid did. Well, that kid was me right there. That's, that's what I saw. I saw, I, saw, I saw me. I saw him hugging me. And then I thought, oh gosh, I've been a rascal. I've done some things in my life I'm not proud of. I've made many mistakes in my life. Oh man, I, I ugh. Yet, there he is. Reminds me of the prodigal son, Right? What a picture we have in the prodigal son. If you ever read, read it, it's in Luke somewhere. It is an earthly father that releases his son after his son says, I wish you were dead. Give me my money, dad. I wish you were dead. That's basically what he's saying. The father lets the son go. The son wastes all his money, makes bad decisions, poor decisions. And I thought, well, Usually, earthly dads are like, you know what? You're done. Go fend for yourself. I don't want to see you for the next 20 years. It's over. Not this, not the prodigal, not the, the father. He's waiting at home. He never says anything negative, just simply lets the son go. The son makes mistakes. And all of a sudden, one day, one day, the son, the prodigal son, is in eating with the pigs and he gets a picture. He gets a picture. The picture was this. All of a sudden, he thought, my dad, that's my dad. My dad's just like that. He loves the servants, he said. My dad treats the servants really well. That's my dad. He gets a picture, and that picture causes him to walk back to his dad. But he didn't know what was going to happen. But where was his dad? Waiting, not only waiting, when the dad saw the son, the dad ran to the son. I'd be like, hmm, you're going to be grounded for about two weeks at least. You know, I mean, I, I could react that way if I didn't know the father. But he ran towards the son, grabbed a hold of them, put a robe on him, gave him a ring, and he says, let's party. I mean, that, that, that blows, I'm like, I can't even think that way. That's our God, that's how he thinks. That's how our God thinks. So we're thinking, yes, he made a lot of mistakes, I made a lot of mistakes, but guess what God does? Hello! Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come, come here. Come here. Come here. But I'm afraid. That's the wrong picture. Why, why are you afraid? Don't you know my character? But I've done so many things. <laughs> okay, I get it. Everybody has. Come here. Come on. Come on. But you know me. Exactly. I do know you. Come here. Come on. Come here. It takes people so long to come here. We're just like, oh, I'm not sure. You know why? Because we have the wrong picture of our heavenly father. And once you get the right picture of the heavenly father, guess who 
else gets to benefit from, from that picture. If you're married, your marriage. If you have kids, your kids. The people around you all of a sudden get to see the right picture of God and the world needs the right picture of our God. Heavenly Father, right? God is love. If that doesn't get you excited, that picture was instrumental for me being here today. A picture is powerful. Let me ask you this. What kind of pictures do you have in your brain right now? If, if your picture is anything other than God, you'll be tossed to and fro. Your emotions, you'll be up one day, down the next. You know why? Because your brain is switching between two pictures. God wants to give you one picture. If you will take it, and if you will receive it, and if you will put this into practice, you will have victory over Goliath. As we finish up today, in the next hour and a half, I want to tell you this, how did David create that picture? Here's the key. And then you don't want to miss next week because I'm going to give you four powerful phrases that will change your life. Four powerful phrases that David brought with him to the battlefield that caused him to defeat Goliath. Powerful phrases that will give you a brand new picture of God. Amen? But here's how I did it. David understood the word meditate. Say meditate. Oh gosh, man, one of these churches, we do yoga now. Listen, meditation came from the Bible. Meditation came from the Bible. Meditation is a word that's used in the Bible, but it's, it's a powerful word because, because it really means to think, speak, and repeat. In other words, you, don't med- you, know, you know what you're doing when you're meditating? You're getting a picture. Think, speak, repeat. Say that. Say think, speak, repeat. David was practicing this at a young age because all of a sudden, about 25 years later, he writes his very first psalm that we know of, Psalm 1. And in that psalm, he gives us the key right here to getting victory in our lives. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. I'll also call this a tale of two pictures. And as we end here, I want to show you this. Psalm 1, so David's about 35 years old, maybe, 20 years later after he defeats Goliath. He says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scorn. Now, now, now stay right there. You know what that is? That's a picture. See it? One day, guy's doing good. He's walking around. And next thing you know, someone starts chirping, gives him bad news, negative news. Maybe he went through something hard. Negative news. A messenger comes and says, hey, I'm going to give you some bad counsel, some negative words. You see it? He's walking, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's standing. Do you see the picture? He's walking, home, ho, and all the next thing you know, he hears these bad words. He's standing. He's paralyzed. Stands in the path of all those people that were telling him those things, and here you go. The next picture is what? He's sitting. He was walking, man. He was fulfilling his destiny. He was doing what God called him to do, and all of a sudden, he's sitting down, paralyzed, stuck in a rut. Look at that picture. That's not a good picture. I've been there, by the way. It's no fun. It's no fun. Get up. Righteous person falls seven times, gets back up, right? Come on, get back up. Because this is the picture you want. Look at this next verse. But the person that that delights in God, the person that that gets a picture of God, the person that even goes to church, church is powerful. 
be consistent with church and be consistent in the word and just, just follow God. Listen, just put God first. Get a picture of him in your life, amen? Day and night. So what, what does the word meditate do? This is the word meditate. The word meditate means to murmur. It means to whisper. You walk around all day, you got one verse. Maybe you struggle with fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Or you say something like, God is with me. God is for me. God loves me. God is with me. God is for me. God loves me. And you're whispering. That's what meditation is. Day and night, whispering. And all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're painting a picture. That's what you're doing. You're painting a picture in your life with those words, right? Words. Say words. Paint a picture. You're painting a picture in your brain with words. You guys get it? Is this too over your head? Hopefully not. Get it. I'm going to try to get in your head. Get in your head with the pictures. Paint a positive picture with God with the right words. His word, good things. Listen, and look at the picture it paints in Psalm 3. Oh, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. That, that just tells me that you're always gonna have some energy. You're gonna be passionate and hungry in your life. Look at, and whatever he or she does will prosper. What a promise. How did that happen? Meditation. But here's the thing. We have a hard time putting the effort in this area. And the enemy knows it. But if you, blessed is the person who hears this message today and puts it into practice, you will be blessed. Because you know, doggone it, Dan, Dan said, um, I should probably get a verse today. Yes, you should. You should probably find a verse that means a lot to you. You should probably find a verse that you know goes directly against your Goliath. If it's fear, find a, find a promise of fear. If it's whatever it is, find that promise, start memorizing it, and start whispering it and speaking it throughout the day. And I tell you right now, in time, you will have painted a brand new picture in your brain. If not, you stay with the same program you learned from zero to seven. Someone's gonna get this. So, say meditate. So what I'm gonna do is, is I'm gonna find one phrase. I'm gonna give you four next week. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, your, your, your homework is to find a verse. Find a verse. Start memorizing it. Just like I've memorized verses that mean so much to me in my life. I've memorized them because I know now I can speak them. Just like that. Whenever I find it, whenever Goliath shows up, oh, okay. God says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and not doubt in the heart, but believe the things that I say, I shall have what I say. Right? That meant a lot to me because I faced a lot of Goliaths. Do you think I never faced Goliaths? Oh my goodness. You should, you should, I'll tell you some of my Goliaths I've faced throughout, throughout my life. But they all went down. They all went down. Well, I know I'll face another one. They, they, they come periodically, right? But they went down. Listen, is your Goliath gonna stay or is he gonna go down? Get your marriage back. Get your kids back. Get the things the enemy took away from you. Get it back. 
get it back, right? It's, they're not his. They're God's. Go get it back. Get your stone. Get your promise. Get your verse. And in the morning, I mean, I just say simply, God, you love me. I'm anointed. I even say some things sometimes like, Lord, I have a full head of hair. <laughs> Flowing, full head, waving in the wind. <laughs> Not that that matters. But uh, in heaven, though, I will. You watch. But, but, but say things like this. Tell God who he knows you are. Right? Tell him what he says about you. You're loved. You're powerful. You're anointed. You're a leader. You are successful. Meditate. That's your homework. Say, Pastor Dan, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to find a verse. By next week, I give you full access to come to me. And by next week, I ask you to come to me and, 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 and speak to me your memorized verse or phrase. Seriously, come to me. We probably won't even have church that day because all of you will have some verse. You'll come up. But just say, just come to me. And, and if you want, you don't have to, but come to me and say, this is my verse. And just speak it right, right to me or speak it to someone else. I mean, if you want to, but just get that verse done. Will you get it done, please? Can you do it? Because I want to see your life. God wants to see your life fulfilled. He wants to see, he wants to see you move forward and promote and doing great things for him, all right? And I'm done. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for today. Thank you, God, that you're teaching us, Lord, the, the power of a picture, God. And Lord, I know that, that you've been speaking to us about so many different things, Lord God. Sometimes we get so distracted, we're not hearing what you want to say. But I pray, God, today that we would be laser-focused, determined on knowing and hearing what you say about us. Getting the right picture of who you are and the right picture of who we are in you, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that as we get this right picture, it's gonna grow even this week. I, I just prophesy and declare over you this week as you get the right picture of God, it's, that picture is gonna be ingrained in your brain and it's gonna be the powerful, powerful, powerful um, catalyst to your promotion. I believe that with all my heart. Choose, choose life. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose that picture. If you're here today, you're like, you know what, Dana? I don't think I've ever had a picture of God as a loving father. I don't think, and I, I really don't even know if I know Jesus. Well, today you can. Like I said, today you can have the anointed one living in you. Churches, I, I, don't, get, I don't get saved just because I'm, I'm, I'm in a church. Just like, you know, just like uh, if I were to step into a garage, that doesn't make me a car. It probably doesn't make any sense. But in other words, just sitting here doesn't make me saved. Believing in Jesus makes me saved. Giving my whole heart to him. If you've never done that, I would love to lead you through a prayer that allows the Holy One of Israel, the God of heaven's armies, a loving heavenly father to live inside of your heart forever, sealed by the very Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here thinking, man, I, I'm so far away from God. You can get back today. He's waiting with open arms. If that's you, I just want to pray with you. 
as our heads are bowed, I'm just asking you to respond to God, not to me, respond to God and say, Dan, I need God right now. I need to know the loving heavenly father. I need to, I need to walk into his arms right now because I've been away. And maybe for the first time or maybe for the third time, whatever it is, but this is your moment, this is your day. Say, Pastor Dan, pray for me. Count of three, just lift up your hand with, with nobody looking around. God sees us, just God sees, all he sees, right? If that's you, raise your hand. I gotta see your hand right now. Awesome, raise your. I love it. I want. I want to. I want. I am. Amen. I want the heavenly Father. I want the powerful, heaven love of the heavenly Father in my life. God bless you guys. I'm so proud of you. Today is the day. You've made it your day. Today is the day. The power of God works in your life. The love of God moves in your life. So we're gonna say a simple prayer together. A simple prayer. As a family, all together, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I've seen a better picture that you love me and that you're waiting for me with open arms. So I choose to walk towards you and fall into your open arms of love. I choose you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior forever. Thank you, God, that you saved me. Thank you that you forgive me. I love you and you love me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Woo! Hey, I am so proud of that decision. If you made that decision, there's a table back there. I think we're heading back there now with some information on it. Are we, are we there yet? No, we're not there. Um, but I would encourage you to find someone and tell them I gave my heart to Jesus today. It's a great step for you. And you know what? We'd love to baptize you eventually. So uh, love that too. Hey, we love you guys. Get going, enjoy your families, know that God loves you, memorize a verse. I wanna hear it next week. Um, have a great day, prayer partners are here.